Hello, hello, it's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room. This is 40. This is episode 40. Shit's crazy, we're hitting a midlife crisis. The podcast has hit a midlife crisis. We're not in crisis. This is great. This is rad, I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you very much for tuning in once again. Uh, All right, so check this out. I've been, uh, I've been trying out intermittent fasting some of you have seen this on my instagram at howie spangler follow me on instagram um i've been trying to keep you all informed just kind of i think this is like useful information you know what i mean um because i think that i think we're all like conditioned to eat a certain way eat shitty food live a certain lifestyle because of industry right like big what do they call it big food (laughs) Um, sugar and all this stuff that we're raised McDonald's like when you're a kid you just go to McDonald's like back in the 80s and 90s it was McDonald's right like just you know and it was like every day I don't know like I went to McDonald's three times a day when I was in high school or right out of high school I think like three times a day I go in the morning in the afternoon go late at night like I guess when you're that age, you're pretty resilient. Like, your body's, like, crazy, and you can just take care of that stuff. I don't know. You can handle it, but... You start approaching your 40s, man. You get in your 30s, you're like, fuck. Yeah, you can't eat like that, right? So, um, it's up to us. It's up to ourselves to make the choice to try to eat clean and work out and just try to be better Because what I realized is I have these two beautiful kids and I want to be here, you know, as long as I can for them. And my dad died, he was 59, you know, just because he let himself go and it was fucking awful. You got already talked about all this stuff, but um, my mom was, she died of cancer. You know, it's like she was 38. I'm 38. I just turned 38 last month. I cannot imagine leaving my kids. You know, my mom was 38 when she died. And so, um, all the things that we put in our bodies, man, it's like they're carcinogens, right? Sugar is the devil. And I still eat sugar. It's just, I'm, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's hard to get off this stuff. And I caved. I had four cookies last night. I ate four cookies. It wasn't in the fasting window. I, I was still in my eating window. But, uh, yeah, I ate some fucking cookies. I love cookies, man. I love cookies. Oh, God. <clears throat> right? It's hard. But it's... Everybody's different, and everybody does it at their own pace. <clears throat> so, this... In no way judging or anything like that. I've been a piece of shit for 38 years. When it comes to food. <clears throat> and diet and... You know, workout routine. Lack thereof. So... Um, I decided that I was going to try, I, I, I've got this, uh, I've got this dad gut now, like you probably can't see it. People go, you don't need to lose weight. Eh, right. I, I have this skinny frame. Yeah, for sure. But it all shows in the belly, man. And then my thighs starting to rub together, starting to rub together, you know, right there at the top, right there at the top where it meets your butt, your thighs, you know, um, in the junk area. Yeah. Everything's rubbing together. It just sucks. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, my pants got, like, tighter, and my fucking stupid fat thighs 
pull my pants down. I haven't worn a belt. I was just like, fuck belts. And, uh, so I've noticed lately that my thighs pull down my pants and I have to keep pulling them up. So I started wearing a belt again. It's ridiculous. So I got to get this shit together, people. So uh, I decided to try intermittent fasting. I just finished day six while recording this little segment here. I get a little notification. I'm using an app called Fast Habit. Uh, I was using an app called Zero, which is free. It's a great app for trusting inter- for tracking internet intermittent fasting. Internet fasting. It's a great app for tracking inter- intermittent fasting. Um, <clears throat> it's free and it works really well. It's really really easy, and it just shows you the day and how long you went and uh, how much you ate in the night because they they base it on like a circadian rhythm. So when sunset happens, um, our bodies are naturally starting to like. Our bodies know that it's nighttime. Our brains know it. So things start to happen. Other other uh, chemicals and things start happening at night. And um, that whole process. So it calls it night eating. So when you start eating after sunset, it adds in. Because I guess it plays into um, your diet and like how your body handles all the stuff. Because it, it does it a little differently. Um, I am not a scientist. I've read some articles that I don't understand. Um, okay, so now I'm using an app called Fast Habit because I want to track my weight as well. I just want to see because I'm trying to lose about 15 pounds. I think that'll be, I think that'll be good. I'm noticing I feel like I have a little double chin going on, and my big stupid thighs, um, and my belly. So I'm trying to get rid of that, coupled with working out. And I haven't really worked out a whole lot, which sucks. Like this week's been weird. Um, I hit it pretty hard on Monday, and I'm gonna try to go this morning when I'm done with the podcast. But, uh, so I actually, I've actually lost, um, almost two pounds, one, 1. 1.6 pounds. I think it was, uh, in, it was in the, in the five days. I still got to weigh myself today and see what it is. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully I lost some more pounds. We'll see, but it's actually pretty easy, man. Like people I've read articles and comments like, why are you starving yourself? Things like that. And it's not. Uh, it's not starving yourself. You're not starving is when you don't eat against your will, right? When you can't eat, like there's no way for you to eat. That's that's when you're starving. Um, fasting, you're willing, and it's not starving. It's not a negative thing. You're giving your body time to process all the shit you put into it. And the cool thing about it is, um, I'm trying to do the, the 16 to 8, so it's like. Um, 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. And it's not like a full eight, like I'm not eating for eight hours constantly. I'm usually doing like two meals and, uh, and maybe, maybe snacking here and there, a couple chips or something. But like, I really just hit the two meals, like the lunch and then dinner. It's pretty much all I'm eating. And, and I'll have a beer with dinner sometimes. But uh, you can eat, still eat whatever you want. You don't need to really count calories or anything like that. You just need to, if you can try to eat clean, that's better. You'd obviously like stop eating shit food, stop eating fast food, um, try to not eat a bunch of sugar and cookies and things like that if you can. But you really don't have to watch what you're eating as much. I would advise it. I would say it makes sense if you're fasting. You know, you'll get better results if you if you try to eat clean. So, um, again, 
this is just all person to person. I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. I'm not saying this is the best thing or whatever, but um, I don't know. I've seen some results and it's not that hard and I don't feel like such a piece of shit every day. Um, I got up this morning at seven o'clock just fine, you know, um, and it's cool because you can move your, you can move the windows around. Like you don't have to do like, uh, you know, 10 a.m. to to 6 p.m. or what? You know, you can kind of do whatever you want. I, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing like uh, 10 or 11 a.m. to uh, fucking six. What's eight hours? What? I don't know math. <laughs> six or seven, right? <clears throat> so. Um, but you can move it around like what, to fit your schedule. Um, if you if you want to if you're gonna go out for drinks on Friday night with your friends, um, you can plan for that a couple days ahead. Start transitioning to to push it later, you know, and be, do do your thing from uh, from four to twelve, four p.m. to twelve. You know, start eating at four, stop eating at midnight. You know, so whatever works for you, and it doesn't have to be eight hours. You can do whatever you want, but um, just. Maybe give it a shot. There's these apps and you can keep track of it and it's kind of nice. And it's right now I've, I've fasted for 14 hours and 10 minutes. Um, yeah, so actually my 14 hours was, was the goal and I'm actually fasted for 10 and a half minutes longer than that. And it keeps track of that for you. It's pretty cool. It ended at 9.07 a.m. So there's that. That's what's going on in my life lately. Um, also did an unboxing video yesterday for my YouTube channel of my new SM, uh, SM7B mics, um, but the audio got corrupted, so I can't use the video, which sucks, so I'm going to try to shoot it again today and put that up, So, but if you're not following me on the YouTube channel, check it out, youtube.com slash Howie Spangler. Um, all right, today I decided for the 40th episode that I was going to address your questions um, from my Instagram feed, or my Instagram story. Uh, I asked what I should be talking about for episode 40, and I got a ton of responses, and um, a lot of good ones, and some of them are more worthy of full episode, I can't explain this stuff in like 10 minutes, so uh, I decided I would talk about these questions, so thanks a lot for sending them in, keep sending them in, I need ideas, I need more stuff to talk about, what are you interested in, what do you want to know about? this whole music industry thing you know I can I'll just I talk about the things that that I know so um all right uh we're hitting back on the road with Real Big Fish after Thanksgiving next week valleyhurrocks.com slash tour and uh yeah that's it all right this is 40 let's do it Alrighty, so I got a lot of questions um, and topics, cool ideas from you, from you all the other day on my Instagram feed. Um, I asked a question, just kind of what do you guys want to hear me talk about in episode 40? And I got a bunch of responses, um, and some of the stuff is like things that I can answer kind of quickly, and there's a couple things that maybe uh, could turn into full-fledged episodes. That's my kids playing in the background. Uh <laughs> Uh, it, everything was quiet until 10 minutes before I came down here to do this. So I figured why not make episode 40 about your questions? Um, cause I seemed, I got enough of them. Um, 
maybe and just there, there's a couple like I said that I can probably do as like a full episode but I thought it'd be kind of cool to squash some of these right here <clears throat> let's see uh okay tattoos real big squish at real big squish wants to know about tattoos um I'm assuming tattoos that the band has or when we get tattoos and things like that. Um, yeah, actually, great question. Great question. Great question. Uh, real big squish. Real big squish. I can't speak. I just woke up like an hour ago, so I'm just getting into it here. It's like 8.20. Sipping my coffee. Um, okay, tattoos. Yeah, so we definitely love getting tattoos on the road, um, and we've we've met quite a few tattoo artists over the years that just want to hook the band up, you know, just because of the music. And to me, that's amazing. Like we, you know, that that's not an easy job. I mean, they, it's, you have to be really good at it. Right. And you got to spend a lot of time practicing, um, you know, to be a great tattoo artist. And, uh, that's a craft, man. It really is. And, uh, something to be respected. Um, I mean, I draw on paper and, you know, on my, my iPad and things like that, but I can't imagine like actually, uh, doing that for a living, drawing someone's skin. I, I've done it before a long time ago. An, an ex-girlfriend, her, her mom did tattoos and she let me, uh, tattoo a little part of this, uh, tattoo on her foot. So I have done it before, but I wouldn't know the first thing, you know, today that was like 20 years ago. Um, so I definitely respect that, uh, that profession and we've met some incredible artists over the years. And, um, so for instance, like my tattoos, um, I got my first tour tattoo, uh, in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, it's the one on my, like the, my, um, you know, around my, uh, my bicep and my tricep you know, in that, in that region, um, one of the guns, it's on the right gun, yeah, it's pretty, it's on the right gun over there, and, uh, so it's a koi fish, the guy did a great job, and I did two sessions with him, um, so a total of four hours, and he banged it out, man, he did really well, uh, did the outline and some of the blue water, um, in the first session, and then I came back a couple months later, and he did the, the rest of the fish, like the, the coloring and the shading. And uh, I never saw him again after that. And one of the things I learned early on, um, this was back when the band made no money. Like I was completely broke. Um, I didn't have any kids yet. Um, so I didn't work as hard as far as like paying bills and things like that. Like I didn't really, like once I found out I was having uh, my son, I, I got my shit together and, uh, you know, started like saving my money and things like that you know before that it was like zero responsibility right um and uh so I didn't have extra money and I never look okay I didn't tip the guy okay yeah I know it's awful it's fucking terrible but I didn't really know about etiquette back then um and I'm pretty sure that's why I never saw the guy again he was a big fan he hit us up on the MySpace that's how long ago this was um and we had two sessions and 
I thought everything was great. And I told him, I flat, I was like, dude, I have no money. Like, I can't. He said, no, just come by the shop. You know, I, I just want to do it. I'm like, all right, man, but I have no money. Like, and I literally had no money. Like, I didn't have 50 bucks to throw, you know, for a tip or whatever. It just, um, it's easily a, you know, $400 tattoo, maybe more. And so, I, I mean, what do you do, right? I don't know. Um, so, that's probably why I didn't. I don't see him anymore. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how to get a hold of him. You know, it's been at least ten years. Um, so uh, I guess I learned from that situation. I was like, all right, I guess I really gotta. If anybody really wants me to come get a tattoo, I definitely don't go unless I have money to give them. <laughs> like if they're gonna hook it up for free, you know. Um. So lesson learned there. Uh, so then. Um, I went, we were on tour with Iration in 2011 and we did like a Florida run, like a Southern kind of thing, Southeast. And I got, I stopped by Endless Summer Tattoos in Cocoa Beach. And, uh, I got the two Green Day skulls on my wrist, um, from, um, American Idiot. And, uh, we just, we were thought we were talking about doing like, uh, like end of tour tattoo or something like that. And, um, me and a few of the crew guys got, a few of the group got, uh, the crew guys got Earl faces. Earl is our, uh, our band's logo. If you don't know what that is, it's just this crazy looking face. It looks like he's all meffed out. Um, so that's become like a thing. Like people get Earl tattoos now. It's, I've seen, you know, there's at least 30 of them out in the wild that I know of. That I've seen it's pretty rad pretty cool that people brand themselves up like that you know and I think the whole band has them now which is cool and I wasn't the first to get an Earl's hat um some of some of our friends like our like big fans and friends of ours started getting them and I was like shit I guess I should I need to get one you know <laughs> so that's when I finally got that I have it on my uh on the top of the right gun over here if you look at my guns, it's on the right side, towards the top, near the shoulder, where the gun is attached. The gun holster. That's where that is. Um, you know, they'll get you. Uh, so I got that done, and then uh, so then we did the um, endless summer tattoo in uh, Cocoa Beach. Did that, and then wasn't until. Oh, I was 2015 on tour with uh, Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake. I got um, the uh, the tattoo on the uh, on the backside on the tricep, you know, on the gun. <laughs> Stop calling your arms guns. Fucking stupid. Uh, so I got this uh, flower. Got this flower and. We only got to do two hours. It was before the show that night. We had, I had to go to sound check. And so it's still unfinished. If you ever see us on the road or when I throw my arm up or something, you'll see like there's, it's not completely uh, colored in. And um, partly because we ran out of time, partly because I'm a big pussy and it started to hurt really bad. It felt like someone was digging into my armpit with a spoon, right? Like just, fuck you, just... Oh, take that shit. Just digging it in, right? Terrible. So, 
Yeah, I was like sore for a couple of days in my armpit. Like the tat didn't even hurt. It was just my armpit that hurt really bad. So weird. Uh, and then 2017, yeah, 2017, Mar uh, was it March? End of March. Went to, back to end the summer in Cocoa Beach. I had met Mark Longnecker. Um, he's a tattoo artist. He's been featured on uh, Ink Masters. And uh, I met him through Pepper, the Pepper guys. He was, uh, I think the first time was Halloween 2015 when Ballyhoo and Pepper and Catastro played in Orlando at Plaza Live. We did the Halloween show there and we were all dressed up. And I came down, uh, I think it was right before our set down in the green room and, and uh, Mark was down there uh, tattooing Yassad and that was the first time I met him and then uh, man I'm trying I can't remember when the next time was I, I know we uh, Mark's got um, dub massive sound um, he, he spins uh, he spins old reggae it's really cool you gotta check it out um, you can follow him on Instagram as well dub massive sound and uh, Mark Longnecker um but uh, dude is an insane artist, and he he does his specialty is this thing called Trappa style, and it's like uh, colorful, very colorful and vibrant. And I love colorful tattoos. I'm a big fan of colorful tattoos. Um, and he draws like uh, tropical stuff, trees and uh, you know palm trees and. Uh, um, he has this cool like skeleton that he does. It's like a signature skeleton. I actually got one um, on my arm here. And uh, so I went in 2017. It was right around Easter, I think. We happened to be in town. And I hit him up a couple weeks before that. And he, he was like, yeah, I, I got some time. Like, let's, let's do it. And uh, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, we hung out at that seafood festival. Uh, that we did with Dirty Heads last year. And um, we kicked it afterwards at the bar. And he's like, yeah, I got time tomorrow. I think that's what it was because I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And he was like, yeah, I got time. So I went and uh, he, he did it. He, I think it was five hours. And so he did the, um, on the uh, inside of my arm, my forearm, I've got this. I, t I told him, I was like, all right, so I kind of want like, some waves and um, a Nintendo controller and an acoustic guitar like floating around in the waves. Uh, and maybe we can think of some other cool things to throw in there. Like I wanted stuff that had to do with my life, like Nintendo video gaming, huge part of my life. You know, obviously I was, I was, I'd broken my left arm when I was turning six. It was the day before I turned six. And uh, I came home from the hospital that night with my cast my left arm and uh my dad had bought the nintendo it was the first time we'd ever seen it i never played anything like that before and it was the it was the nintendo and it, i think it only been out about a year at that point it was probably like 900 dollars, you know back then and uh i couldn't play it for like six weeks or eight weeks whatever it is you you know you can't uh it takes your arm to heal or whatever it is um so that and the guitar obviously if music and um he said dude what if what if the guitar is a Nintendo controller? I was like, fucking draw that shit up, dude. So 
um, the next morning we went over to one of the bars near the, uh, the studio and had, uh, had some drinks, had some, some bloodies and margies. It's a nice little Sunday. And, uh, and then after that, he, he went and drew up the, the stuff and yeah, five hours later, it was on my, it was on my arm. And then a year later, this past April, we uh, got together again, and I had him add to the one he did last year, and um, that took about seven hours. And I've got this cool like totem pole, like tiki totem pole, and one of the one of them uh, one of the faces on it is an Earl face, and then he's got his little signature skeleton on there, and some flowers and some water and stuff. So uh, yeah. Pretty stoked, man. Um, I've got my first tattoo on my leg. When I was 19, I got my first tattoo. And I think I was 19. No, I was 20. I was 20. And uh, it's definitely my worst tattoo. I'm not a fan of it. I didn't know what it was when I got it. I just like faces. And I think clowns look rad. And so I kind of made it look like the Joker and kind of not it's got like my eyebrow piercing and my fucking lip ring on there it's so like it's so 99 2000 era fucking new metal butt rock (laughs) um uh but yeah it's a fucking insane clown posse tattoo i don't i did not know that when i got it um yeah it sucks so i will be getting it covered up at some point it's it's not only that it's that it's an icp tat uh I did alter it a little bit, but it's not only that's not the only reason. Um, it's actually it got infected when I got it, and I couldn't walk for like a month. It, it was awful. My legs swelled up really bad, and uh, I had to get antibiotics. And um, yeah, so now it's got like scars all over it, and it's faded and fucked up. So I want to get it covered up with some dope shit. Trying to think of what to do. Uh, we have um, so that's 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 Mark uh, down in Cocoa Beach. Check him out. He's got like a three month waiting list or some shit, uh, but it's worth it. So if you're if you're gonna be in Florida for spring break, uh, plan ahead. Call him right now. <laughs> um, and we've got a place that we go to in uh, in Dallas. Um, oh man, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm drawing a blank. Artistic. Uh, oh, fuck. Artistic encounters. No, artistic encounter. Singular. Artistic encounter. Um, so Dave over there, uh, we always get in there when we go to Dallas. We try to get in like a day early if we can or or we stay a day later before we have to drive or something like that. And um, the band and crew goes and gets tattoos over there. And uh, they do a great job. So definitely check them out, Artistic Encounter in Dallas. Um, really nice people, and they do a lot of cool shit. Um, a couple of guys got, uh, they came up with this thing, you know, like, so ride or die. Like, whenever we, whenever it's time to go, um, when, like, people are still scattered at the venue at night or something like that, um, it's like, yo, we got to go, ride or die. Um, they say Van or Skull. And so they, uh, the, the guys got, some of the guys got, I think Nick and Donald both got the, uh, Van or skull tat, which is emojis from, you know, from your iPhone, uh, the van and the skull. 
so they got that. It's pretty cool. And my brother Donald got um, on his uh, on one of his guns. Uh, he got a Castlevania tattoo. Did a sick job, man. Just amazing. It looks rad. It's the eight bit style, like, and Simon Belmont's there, about to crack his whip. Like it's got his arm reeled back, and the whip is like flying backwards. So sick, man. Um, he got a uh, he got an animated series Batman tattoo on his leg. It looks so good, man. I told him he should get the like the entire scene, um, like the Joker and all the other characters like on his leg, like make like theme it out. I think it looks sick. So yeah, we try to get tattoos when we can. It's a lot of fun. They're addicting as hell. And um, yeah, I'm hoping to finish my sleeve. I got to fill in the the ditch is what they call it, um, but in the elbow there. Um, I got to finish that. I've been dreading it. So I'll finish that. And then uh, Clutch. Clutch from... Uh, Clutch. Look up Clutch Art on Instagram. Um, he's the one that did the flower uh, on my bicep a few years back. And I, I, ran, I ran into him at a show uh, early this year and um, in Virginia. And he's like, man, we got to do that all over again now. Yeah, it sucks. So I got to go get this whole damn tattoo redone. He's going to go back over it. <laughs> I thought I was ahead of the game, and now I got to go back and start all over because if he adds more to it, it's going to look more, it's going to look better and more crisp than the other side. So, yeah, so kind of stressing on that. I'm a giant pussy. I swear to God. What's going on? All right. So that's tattoos. Uh, what else we got here? That was pretty lengthy. 18 minutes. Um, okay, so touring and recording rigs from at TerryK007 on Instagram. All right, Terry, um, touring and recording rigs. So uh, try to condense this. This could probably be an episode in itself. Okay, so um, I have a Kemper. Kemper is this insane digital amplifier it's actually a, a, a profiler it's not they don't call it an amplifier amplifier it's a profiler profiling amp and so um you can basically like set up an amp like a whole like rig the head the cab and you can put mics up to it and line in to the back of the Kemper and you can actually you profile amps so like I can go like Nick has done this our bass player he has one as well and whenever we tour with the band and he loves the the bass tone, he'll he'll ask the bass player if he can profile the amp. And then so he'll basically like go around and just make copies of amps that he loves and he'll save them. It's crazy. Technology is insane. You can do that. Um, so I ditched my I had a Mesa Boogie rig for a while. I went 10 years touring with the Mesa Boogie uh, triple rectifier head and a cab and uh pretty expensive setup. I got the head used. The, um, the cab was 900 bucks, brand new. Uh, so went 10 years and I had a guy at Mesa Boogie. And, um, so we were about to play this giant show at Janice live, like our favorite venue. It's in Florida. It's in Tampa, uh, St. Pete. And, um, about to go on stage. Everything was fine. at sound check. We're about to go on stage. The amp won't start up it doesn't work nothing's coming out 
So it took like 40 minutes to figure it out. Still couldn't get it going. I ended up, we were on tour with uh, Bumpin' Uglies at the time. And Brandon let me use his amp um, for those few days at that point. And uh, so I was super bummed out. Next day I called my guy and he said, he said he can't get me a deal on a new, a new head. I needed it right away, right? And I was tripping because I was like, well, what's, what's the point in like an endorsement program if I can't get like a, like a hookup? You know, I've been a loyal customer, a loyal artist or whatever for 10 years pushing, pushing the amp, you know? So uh, I started looking it up and Nick's like, yo, you should think about the Kemper. And we had just done Warp Tour that summer and um, a lot of the bands on there had, had them. And it just made sense to me. And I love technology, you know? And I looked it up, and the price was the same as a new Mesa Boogie Triple Rectifier, 2400 bucks. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. So did that and never looked back, man. Um, left the cab at home, I think, sometime last year. We stopped bringing the cab out because, like, I used to want the sound on stage, you know? But I've got in-ear monitors. I've got these uh, these these molds in my ears and I can't hear the shit anyway when it's on stage. And so I just plug right into the house and it sounds amazing. And I've got it in my ears and everything. So I don't, I don't need the cab anymore. It's one less thing for the crew to move around. It's one less thing, like, like less weight in the trailer, you know? Um, so it just made sense. Nick has one as well. Uh, Donald's kind of slimmed down his drums a little bit. Um, you have this big rack and all that. And, we're just trying to we're trying to cut back like our trailer. We've been through like probably six or seven trailers now in the last twelve years of touring, um, and those things are expensive, man. Our current one costs like fifty four hundred dollars, and they get messed up from all the wear and tear, the travel, and and I know that the weight in the trailer has also been the the problem, the source of our issues that we have with all our vans. Like we went through like six vans or something like that. And a lot of time we're having to repair the the rear end and um, transmission and having all these issues, and it it just it came back to me. I was like, it has to be because of the weight in the trailer. We got to lighten the load here. So we've been slowly like it's expensive to do because you got to get new cases and things and um, figure out other solutions. So uh, we we've been slimming down and trying to trying to lessen the weight in the trailer, and we're getting there. Um, I think there's a few more pieces of equipment that we can either get rid of or um, trade in or, or, you know, for something smaller or, you know, whatever. But it's crazy when we, when we got our new in-ear rig, our, our monitor rig, um, the, it, the size, I can't, I can't even tell you, it's probably like the size of the case that we had was probably like five feet tall and kind of wide and it had all monitor world stuff in there and all the cables and all that, but it was super heavy. It was a bitch to move around. And there's sometimes an up upstairs load, you know, for venues and, can be dangerous you know i think you need like four guys to move it and it was just ridiculous so uh ended up uh moving to um we got a midas dl32 and a midas uh m32c and put those all in one case in like a like a three three or four rack case i think it's a three rack case and then we've got um all of our like our our uh our receivers and stuff for, for wireless in a smaller case. And it's just, it just made it so much smaller. Like the footprint in the van, in the trailer is like so much better, so much smaller. Um, 
So uh, I use uh, I use Fender guitars. I play Telecasters. Um, I don't know. I just I just love Telecasters and how they cut through. I love that I've kind of got longer neck on them than a Strat. I used to play a Strat, and a Strat sounds amazing too, especially when you're playing like reggae and, and punk. They sound great. Um, but uh, I ended up just liking the how the um, the Tele cuts through more, I guess. Um, and uh, Donald's playing um, uh, SJC drums, and uh, they're a really cool company as well out of Boston. And um, we hang out with the rep from time to time uh, whenever we're in town. And uh, it's, yeah, just really, really great drums, man. They, 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 have, they build awesome shells, and they sound great. So it's been cool to have a relationship with them. Um, recording stuff. Uh, we kind of record, like we recorded the new album Detonate and we, and Pineapple Grenade and Daydreams down in Florida with our buddy Mike Stevie, uh, who engineered and he has a pretty nice setup. He's got this new SSL board. We're getting all technical now, so I don't know if, you know, any of this is connecting with any of you, but, um, he's got this cool little, it looks like the size of like a wireless keyboard, but it's like a, it's like a mini console and then, and then it's like software driven, but, uh, man, he, he, it's SSL, so those drums were fucking slamming, dude. It was insane. He just knows what he's doing. He does a great job. Um, I can't, I can't even remember all the things that he has. Uh, but for the most part, when I demo, I've got my iMac. I've got um, the Rocket KRK5s um, for speakers to listen. And then I've got my interface. I've got the, the Focusrite Clara Apri and the Octopri. I've got those chained up. Um, Oddly, I, I don't really even use the Octo Pre really um, for the time. It's more, I got it for recording drums and stuff. We just haven't had, haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. But I do all my demoing right here in my, in my house, in my studio. Um, and I've got the mic I'm using right now and what I used on uh, the new album and other things uh, is the Slate Digital um, VMS. So it's, uh, it's, it's insane. Again, Love technology. I can't believe they did it, but it comes with this, the ML1, which is this really, uh, they call it ultra linear. It's a really flat um, uh, frequency response. And they modeled all these incredible classic tube microphones. Um, if you listen to the girls' record, I sang that record with the Telefunken 251, and it is a $30,000 microphone. And Sonic Ranch in Texas, they have they have all this great, these great mics and awesome gear that they've collected over the years. And so that's a $30,000 microphone. I now have that microphone in my, it's basically like a virtual mic locker. Um, I have that mic and it costs a thousand bucks and I've got that mic and I've got like 14 more mics or whatever it is. I think there's like 13 or 14 mics total now that slate put out, but it's insane. And I can change on the on, on a you know the moment's notice. Like if I don't like how it sounds, I can switch. I can try out different mics. Like it's it's crazy. So I'm using that. Uh, and what else? Running on the G drive. I got a four terabyte G drive that everything um, records to. Uh, I don't record on the system drive. I leave the leave the system stuff like the, the applications and things like that for the for the uh, the internal drive. Um, anything else? What else do I... When I'm on the road, uh, I've got a Scarlett, um, a Focusrite, uh, Focusrite Scarlett 6i6. Um, and I'll use that for 
podcasting or whatever. Um, if I feel like I need to throw down some demos, use that as well. Uh, I just picked up, super pumped, just picked up two Shure SM7Bs um, that I'm going to be using for, for the mobile stuff now. I was using these really bad mics before for podcasting. And uh, they, they, sound, they sound great. You hear them in broadcasting and, and like Joe Rogan uses, uses them and um, Gary V. Like you've, you've seen them like, you've seen them. You might not know, but you've seen them in practice on uh, TV shows and things like that. Um, and you hear them a lot. You don't realize it. So anyway, I picked them up and really excited. Tried them out yesterday. They worked. I had to get something called the, uh, uh, the Fet Head by um, Triton Audio. And what it does is provide a, a 27 dB boost of clean gain. So like um, you don't have to crank because the, the SM7B, what I've learned is that it needs a ton of gain. And when you start turning up your gain on your preamp, you start raising your noise floor. So that means you're going to hear like hum and like any any sort of like refrigerator, like like all those little subtle noises that you don't really notice. They come through like crazy in your headphones when you turn up the preamp and it's just like this, you know, and anything else that's going on. Like my kids upstairs right now, if I, if I was using that mic without that, um, you would hear even more. It'd be boomy and crazy. So I got this fed head and it fits in line. The alternative is something called the cloud lifter, the CL1. And it's this little box and it's got, uh, uh, you basically plug it in, um, plug in your mic to it with an XLR cable. And then you take another XLR cable and go from there into your interface. And uh, one, I don't want to bring more shit on the road. Like I don't need more cables. Like And and XLR cables aren't cheap. They're like at least 20 bucks for a good one. Um, and uh, it's just more shit to bring on the road. I'm trying to go be mobile, right? Like shrink that down. I want everything to fit in one little case. So, um, and two, the cloud lifter is 150 bucks. I'm just like, God damn, I can't justify that, right? So the Fed head, I got it for 90 bucks at B&H. Uh, and, it, and it fits in line with the mics. What that means is where the cable plugs into the mic, um, the Fed head goes there first. And it's about uh, probably three inches or so. Um, it's this little, it looks like a little adapter for, um, for uh, XLR, but it's like three inches and it fits right in there. And then you plug your cable in and it doesn't, it, it's not the prettiest solution, but um, I found that it provides as a night, you can make it like a nice handle out of it basically when you, you can hold the mic um, to your face. But uh, man, it just, to me, that solution is way better. And I tried it out yesterday and it sounds fucking great. So I'm really happy with the choice that I made. I ordered another one because I only wanted to get one uh, to try it out first. And so, and I've got two mics, so I ordered another one. So it'll be here on Monday. So I'll have that full setup and then I'll be able to podcast from the road and I'm going to interview more bands and friends that we're on tour with, things like that. So really excited for that. Um, yeah, so uh, man, that got really technical. I hope I hope people are still listening. <laughs> might have Might've been boring for you. Um, okay. About how you guys are going to be going to play at my house next summer after my swimming pool is remodeled. M. Sowler. Uh, yeah, we'll come play a swimming pool. Just make sure you stock up the beers and, um, yeah, if you let us sleep in your master bedroom. 
Okay. Uh, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, from Instagram. Uh, was asking about our 2019 goals for the music promotion. Uh, your opinion of online promo versus the effectiveness of hitting the streets. Um, this also could be an episode in itself. Uh, I probably will do a, a, an episode about street teamers in the future. Um, but uh, for 2019 goals, just more music. We want to make more music. We want to um, just keep pumping it out. And um, it's hard to find the time these days to really sit down and, and write. But uh, I'm hoping um, we're going to be doing that. We just announced the One Love Festival in February in Long Beach. And I'm hoping to get in the studio um, for a few days there and do some recording. So, yeah, we just want to keep putting out music. And, you know, that's what we do. We're a band. We're supposed to put out music, you know. So that, um, I think, as far as promo, online versus street, I think both equally important. I think we're just in that age now. Hitting the streets is still important, even though it's digital. Um, the social, The socials, are, you know, that's just... You got to stay up on that. That's just how it is. Um, all the platforms, be involved. Talk to talk to your fans. Uh, this is I'm talking to other artists right now. Um, reply to everything. Be available. You know, um, stay in the conversation. It's very I don't know. Be active in your community. Uh, a lot of bands now have fan pages. We have the Bally Hooligans page. If you're not a if you're not a, a member of the Bally Hooligans page and you're really into the band, want to hang out with some other cool people, um, go check it out. Uh, you can go to um, fanlink to to slash Bally Hooligans, fanlink to to slash Bally Hooligans, and it'll take you right there. It's on Facebook, and there's also one on Instagram as well, Bally Hooligans. Um, anyway. A lot of these bands are having these communities now and we're of these super fans just talking about the music and, and whatever else. And uh, we have a pretty positive community over there. And um, I post in the community. I, 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 I hate Facebook. I, I haven't used it in years. And I literally only use it just to talk to the hooligans. I don't do anything else. I don't like pictures. I don't comment on posts, you know, things like that. I just I get involved with the with the hooligans. I think it's very important, you know. Um, so that is huge. Uh, hitting the streets, very important. Uh, we still send out packages of posters and things to people. It's a, it's a spread around that people hit us up like, "Hey, send me a package. I'll, I'll you know I'll put up posters, flyers, whatever." That's just awesome that people want to do that for us. Um, and we usually will do things like hook up tickets and things like that you know as a reward for the work because it, it just helps every little bit helps anytime you talk about our band anytime you post anytime you share to instagram like they've got the new feature now you can take your spotify song or, or play playlist or whatever and you can share it right to spotify um i'm sorry uh, share it right to instagram on the story it's huge anytime you guys do that it just it might be one more person hearing the band and locking in. And that's all it is. It's, it's, it's brick by brick, and we are just so appreciative. Um, the, the whole thing right now with uh, these radio stations doing, like, doing these love it or shove it things uh, with some of the new songs we're putting out, like, what do you guys think? And the hooligans go in there, and they just fucking destroy. We're like 99% right now in Atlanta um, against this other band. And that's because... Our fans are fucking amazing, you know? 
they just rally and organize and they just go at it. And they, they're, I see them commenting to other radio stations like K-Rock and, um, I mean, just everywhere. And it may be, it, it may be annoying to these, to these DJs or whoever's, whoever's seen these tweets, but keep fucking doing that shit. You know what I mean? They just need to keep seeing the name, keep hearing it. I don't care how annoying it is. Don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Say please, you know, when you tweet to them, but, um, we're all about that, you know, but like, I just wanted to keep seeing the name and you guys are just, it's crazy. This is a whole automated system. You know, like I'll wake up in the morning and check the tweets or whatever. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, y'all did some work last night, you know? Um, so it's, it's just huge. All that stuff is huge. Um, what else we got here? Weed bro. Wage maker 420 on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Weed is good. Weed is good. I don't really smoke like ever anymore, but um, I never really did. I just support it really hard. I have smoked weed. I just I just support it really hard. I just think it's a no-brainer. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. The di- the dynamic of the band, how it works. Uh, why have Why have you stayed together when so many bands have split? And this is uh, Meg, Maggie Sue thirty three on Instagram. I know you, Meg. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the dynamic of the band, everybody fights. Donald and I are brothers. You know, we've gotten into full-on fights. We got in a fight at a record release party for Cheers <laughs> back 10 years ago. Um, and I cracked my head and had to go to the hospital and I got staples. And Yeah, it was awful. I mean, that kind of shit happens, you know? You get wasted. We were fucking just, oh, we were hammered, man. We never talk about that night. It's just, it was just it's ugly. It's just, it's like one of those black marks on your, on your history, you know? Um, but you know, shit happens and you argue, you fight, things get tense. You're out on the road with other people and we've got seven people out with us, you know, in total. And, uh, it's just, it, you know, everybody gets an attitude sometimes. It's everybody has different breaking points. And, um, we, for our crew, we try to hire like level-headed people that don't freak out and, um, you know, aren't dickheads and, you know, cause we, we, that's another thing. Like when our crew is out, uh, you know, dealing with people, they're representing the band. So you want to make sure that you got people that, um, are made in your image, you know, and it's all about positivity and fun, good vibes, you know? So, um, yeah, everybody gets crazy sometimes. And I've, I've melted down thousands of times, you know, I unravel, <laughs> Uh, I let it all out and everybody knows, you know, but you know, you just, I think it's, it's all eyes on the prize is what it is. All that stuff just becomes secondary after the initial blow up or whatever it is. Um, just becomes secondary because you realize what you're doing it for. Um, and I know for myself, it's, I, I do it just for the love of music and performing and creating and all that. And, uh, the drive is just insane. So that shit takes a back seat. And most times everybody's in their phones or their laptops or iPads or whatever, listening to music, watching Hulu or Netflix, like, you know, so, uh, yeah. And then we just goof off like crazy, especially like when we're a few weeks into tour, like green room or hanging out on the bus is like silly shit. I, I've, 
there have been so many times where I'm like, why am I not recording this? This would make an excellent podcast or, or video on YouTube, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's just eyes on the prize and just realizing uh, why we're all here, you know, just loving it and doing it. That's how you keep a band together. It's got to be people that, that want it. I, I said, I explained that in the first episode of this podcast. So you want to, so you want to start a band. Um, you got to work with people that want it just like you. And it makes sense. Thanks, Meg. Uh, let's see. Already talked about gear. I am Lou Dog. Um, let's see. Nick's musical history. Uh, Nick's musical history. Um, he was uh, actually, he's been in bands in the past. And um, he's been in like, uh, he was in a band called the Crazy Carls out of Florida kind of like funky pop kind of band and the singer wouldn't let him move if you've seen Nick perform you know he's like all over the place he likes to get high energy and move around and really put it out there and he gets a sweat on you know he's out there waving the flag you know for everybody and um he uh he, his old band he he had an x on the stage that he had to stand on he wasn't allowed to move because the singer is like a big fucking prima donna dude it's all about me. It's all about me. I'm the singer. It's all about me. Come on, dude. Get over your fucking self, dude. Uh, yeah, Nick's been in bands before. Um, he's a big metalhead. Um, he's actually played in uh, bands with Greg Shields from Cashed Out and uh, Tom T-Rex from Supervillains. They've all been in bands together. Uh, they, they're all Florida boys, so... Yeah, it's funny how, like, we just all knew each other before all this. Um, looks like we're winding down here because a few of these are definitely, like, episode-worthy, like, full episode-worthy. I can't explain all this stuff in, like, five or ten minutes. Um, nah, but here we are, man, at episode 40 of the podcast. And I just want to say I appreciate you all listening. And uh really means a lot to me got supporters, you know, spending their money on me every month. And, you know, it just takes care of administration stuff, really. But it's just, I don't know. I'm just excited to be doing this and to be alive. You know, it's just a, I'm grateful. That's all I can really say. I really appreciate y'all listening to me, man. Have a wonderful day. All right. Got kind of emotional at the end there. Jeez. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much for the questions. If you have anything else, uh, please hit me in the DM, Instagram at Howie Spangler. Um, <clears throat> I answer all the messages and I'm always looking. So let me know what I should be talking about. Um, I need topics. Check out the YouTube channel, Howie Spangler, and uh, ballyhoorocks.com slash tour. Got some dates in to round out the rest of the year here over the next few weeks. So check that out. And um, yeah, looking forward to episode 41. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. See you soon. Tales from the Green Room. <laughs>